0: Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favourite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is The AgriPod with Alice McFarland.
1: On this episode, Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan wants direct discussion among farmers and consumers, saying it is a key step towards building trust. Executive Director Clinton Monchuk says the organization's goal is to encourage more farmers to get out there and talk to others about what they do and he'll share what some of the consequences are for not sharing those stories. Fifteen farm families have worked through the year to grow 120 acres of canola that was harvested, with all the proceeds going to assist children in India, Cambodia and Brazil. Harvest for Kids has been active for more than a decade. It was highlighted by a 2012 event in the Dalmany area that set a Guinness Book of World Records for the most combines harvesting simultaneously on the same field. It took... 249 combines less than five minutes to harvest a single field. The new world record of 303 combines was established just six years later in Winkler, Manitoba. The current focus now is on smaller harvest projects. There are four in the Saskatoon region. One of this year's projects cleared $75,000 from a wheat crop. Art Teeson with Harvest for Kids tells us about the event in the Hepburn area, as well as where all the proceeds go. After the break, Clinton Monchuk.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane.
1: Clinton Monchuk is the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan, and uh, we're going to be talking about the importance of talking about the farm and our farming operations to the general public but first of all uh clint just give us a little bit of background of uh your organization and the work it does
0: sure so farm and food care saskatchewan is an organization whose focus is to make sure consumers understand how farmers and ranchers are producing food here in saskatchewan but across canada So we do a lot of different activities, whether they're events, tours, um, online initiatives to try and engage consumers to build that understanding, build that knowledge of, of where food is being grown and how it's being grown in terms of our membership. Pretty much every major commodity within the province of Saskatchewan is a member of ours. Uh, we do have different agribusinesses, some funding from the uh, provincial and federal government. But really the main focus and the main drive behind Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan is the farmers and ranchers uh, who are growing food in, in the province.
1: So why does sharing your farm story matter? So
0: we do a lot of different analytics when it comes to trying to understand what consumers are thinking and where their minds are at when it comes to food. And and what ends up happening is there is a little bit, and I should say a little bit, there's actually a big um absence of information that's out there where consumers may think they know what's happening in food production and they do searches for it. And, and as you know, the, the searches on different search engines may produce uh, not pro-agriculture, pro-modern farming results. So as a result of that, part of what we need to do as an agriculture industry is make sure that we are out there telling our story about how our food is being produced on our own farms. Giving the opportunity to talk to a consumer, and we have a lot of data on this, when there's that engagement between a farmer and a consumer about how the food is being grown, there's a higher level of confidence. And a higher level of confidence with consumers means that you have a more confident consuming public. And and definitely uh, when questions come up in the future that the consumer has, they know that they've already talked to a farmer and they know how food is being grown. So that's really uh, what we're trying to do, make sure that more farmers are out there talking about what they do just in their communities, on their social media networks, uh, and to others who uh, are interested in knowing.
1: How interested is the general public about food production? And are there any specific areas that they seem to be more focused on?
0: So it's interesting. So we, and again, we do a lot of uh, uh, statistical surveying to figure out, you know, what portion of the population actually wants to know more about farming practices. And it turns out that roughly two thirds of the Canadian population are interested in knowing more about how their food is being grown. So You know, this varies a great deal to, you know, why are there locks? Uh, Why are you trying to keep me out of that hog barn over there? Um, And then that discussion gets into, well, there's biosecurity. We want to make sure we're actually protecting the hogs from you and what you may have on your body or in your lungs. So having those conversations to make sure that the consumer understands, okay, well, it's it's actually in the best interest of the hogs that are in that barn for me not to go in there. But then being transparent about that, and making sure that we can have those conversations, that builds trust. And that's what we want to see going forward.
1: Who specifically is being asked to share those stories and uh, with whom? So
0: really, this is, this is a, a a broad stretching kind of request. Uh, I, I would say everybody who's comfortable um, talking to others about what they do, and 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 it doesn't have to be you know making a brand new social media uh, campaign or anything like that. It could be as simple as just talking to the individual you're sitting beside at a hockey game that your kids or your grandkids are going to. It could be as simple as just putting the odd post on on social media to say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're moving out hogs today, and this is why we're doing it this way. Um but there's a lot of different opportunities for you to inact- actually engage with the public. And I find in, in my own personal life, and, and my kids uh, play hockey and dance and baseball, all these different activities, when they find out that I'm an actual farmer, these questions come naturally to them. Uh, okay, so what do you mean? How how do these eggs get produced? What's the difference between a white egg and a brown egg, right? So uh, it just naturally comes out because consumers are really interested and in, in having these conversations and being open to talking about them with others really has that power to increase trust.
1: What would you consider are the consequences of failing to engage with the public and, and sharing your stories about your own particular operation?
0: I, I think we're already starting to see some of it in the development of policy that's maybe not pro modern agriculture. And and I'll say um especially in the the, the pork industry and, and a lot of the animal or the livestock, there's already outside influences that are affecting Um, different ways that you build barns now or the handling. And some of this is is good. And it's just, you know, science-based practices that are good for not only the farmers, but the animals um, all the way through. Some of the policies, though, coming uh, down the pike are are not science-based. They're more emotionally based. And, And that's where Um, I get a little concerned and I think there's where we need to have more education and more engagement with the public to make sure not only consumers but policymakers who who make the rules for for farmers and ranchers are done so in a way that is science-based and and that we follow those through right through to from production right to to our plate. Um, So I do think there is a risk um, with not talking to the general public and not talking talking to others, um, that we will have more restrictive policies put in place in agriculture.
1: As we wrap up here, Clint, any final thoughts?
0: I'd just say that there there are a lot of different things that we do online, and and, uh, all your listeners can just go to uh, farmfoodcaresk.org. Uh, to see some of our different events that are coming up and and different uh, training opportunities that they might want to take part in uh, and just get involved and follow us on, on the different
1: platforms. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Clinton Monchuk is the Executive Director of Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan. After the break, Art Teeson is with us with Harvest for Kids, and he'll tell us about an event in Saskatchewan, as well as where all of the proceeds are going from the Harvest for Kids.
0: Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. The
1: weather was ideal for the Harvest for Kids Community Combine event. It was held on a quarter section west and north of the community of Hepburn, which is about 40 kilometres north of Saskatoon. With me is uh, Art Thiessen. And let's talk about uh, what was involved in getting this whole project together. I understand all the crop inputs and the labour were donated.
2: There's 120 of canola and then there's 14 acres that they seeded to alfalfa. You've got leafcutter bees on there, and I guess it's doing really good. It's looking good, and it also helps uh, for income off the land, too.
1: So you were busy flipping burgers for the farmers and their families and other members of the Hepburn uh, community, which is uh, an awesome community event. And uh, as far as the crop itself, I understood that it came in around 45 to 50 bushels an acre?
2: For my wife and myself, we think that Donating the use of the land is the easy part. It's the guys out there right now, combining that actually have to... It costs them some money to help out. It's a very busy time, and we've noticed over the years that when the farmers come out here to these events, they are so relaxed. They'll sit and visit, and, well, I guess we should go combine.
1: Now, the proceeds from Harvest for Kids goes to operate Christian-based camps in Brazil, Cambodia, and India. And and you and your wife actually spent uh, some time in India a few years ago.
2: Just seeing those kids was just so amazing. It made it so much easier for us to consider keeping on giving to the project. And for $7, they get a week of camp, they get food, and then they get follow-up meetings once a week with snacks and so the, the food is a big thing over there the kids get to eat some really good treats
1: now also in attendance at the harvest was a brazilian missionary marco marino uh it, marco tell us about brazil i understand they also have larger farms but you've noticed there's one a significant difference between canadian and brazilian operations
2: we have huge farmers in Brazil, but they are in the hand of few families. So, uh, in Brazil, I never got to know a farmer that has like three combines and they have like more than a million of uh, farmer business. Because in Brazil, when the farmer is in that situation, they will not get along with people, normal people because they will be, like, hiding themselves from people. <laughs> and here they are normal people, you know. You can talk with some millionaires, yeah. and it's, uh, they are simple as, you know, as me. Or, so it's, it's very different.
1: Marco Marino is a Brazilian missionary. Now, more than 8,000 children attend the camps that we talked about. That number is growing 15% per year. Here are the top agriculture stories for the week of October 9th, 2023. There was a lot of discussion around the potential for the Israel-Hamas conflict to escalate. The key concern, of course, is the loss of human life and the humanitarian need. But Josh Linville president of Fertilizer for Stonex Financial is following the impact on the fertilizer market. Israel is the fourth largest exporter of potash in the world. He says the conflict does not appear to be impacting fertilizer markets and any impact will likely be non-directly related in the form of rising energy values. Linville pointed out that with war premiums being factored into values, we need to be keeping tabs on natural gas pricing. He also has been monitoring the Russia-Ukraine conflict as both countries are key grain exporters while Russia is also a key fertilizer supplier. The European Union appears to be running low on high-protein spring wheat and it could result in better pricing opportunities in the future. This according to markets farm analyst Bruce Burnett. Strong demand combined with supply problems in key export markets would suggest the crop is undervalued. The European Commission, the administrative arm of the EU, recently raised its 2023-24 wheat import estimate by 2.5 million tons. The increase is from higher volumes of wheat being imported from Ukraine and the larger need for high-quality wheat. Burnett also said there will be more demand for spring wheat out of the EU, especially for Canadian product. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency confirmed four new cases on commercial farms in Alberta and one commercial farm case in Saskatchewan over the past four weeks of avian influenza, There have also been at least two confirmed infections in non-commercial birds in Alberta. The on-farm cases in Alberta were located in Warner County, Strathcona County, Cardston County, and as of October 6, the Municipal District of Greenview. Saskatchewan's case was located in the RM of Maple Creek. Over 7.7 million on-farm birds in Canada have been affected by the H5N1 virus since the pathotype was first found in North America in Newfoundland and Labrador in December 2021. Just under 59 million birds have been affected in the U.S. A campaign intended to raise mental health awareness and honour the memories of those in the ag community who have died by suicide was launched Participants were encouraged to invite others for a walk, share their stories, and foster community connections. Chris Manley, founder of the Walk With Me campaign and a beef and sheep farmer in England, initiated the campaign as a response to managing his own depression. BASF Canada Agricultural Solutions will match donations up to $10,000 to the Walk With Me campaign. Do More Agriculture encourage participants to get involved in the campaign that will continue until October 20th. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes.
0: The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at
2: farmnewsnow.com.